You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week, we hope. Uh, I don't know if it is a uh, Taylor effect. I don't know if it's uh, our friends at Bowtie Sports or uh, at Chiefs Blitz, but uh, we've had a little spike in our uh, in, in our listenership. So thank you for all of you new listeners that are joining in. Please subscribe. Hopefully, you know we'll uh, we'll give you enough to keep coming back. Uh, so I wanted to hit that first. Uh, We're through four games of the season. Four weeks are in the books as of uh, last night. Uh, At the quarter poll, a couple things right off the top. And we're going to put Alex on blast here right at the beginning. One, through four games, I think you're you're dead on here with Christian McCaffrey being MVP of the league. If he keeps this up, I don't know that you can keep him off of that, that top you know top three you know as far as the voting goes and should probably get it if uh if everything was fair and two how about zach wilson the other night they didn't win he still made kind of a bonehead play at the end but i swear alex for two quarters that kid looked like an NFL quarterback. The second and third quarters, that game-tying drive, to me, he was making throws that, I mean, might rival his big bro who was in the house for the first time since his uh, Achilles surgery, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, just perfect. The defenders were right there. Tranquil was right there, and he couldn't, you know, no defense for the perfect throw on three plays. Leo Chanel on the next one. And then in the end zone, Brian Cook was like at fingertips. And he just zinged it in there. Lazard scored. But anyway, I'll give you the floor. Zach Wilson, what do you got? Yeah, I blasted the Jets and Zach Wilson to end last week's show. I'm going to give him praise here against the Chiefs because he looked like a real quarterback. I thought they took the handcuffs off. After the first quarter, I thought they gave him some chances. He made some real throws, and we saw glimpses of why Zach Wilson was picked number two overall, and why the Jets thought so highly of him, why they thought he could be a franchise type of quarterback. Yeah, the placement on some of those throws was like right on the spot. He showed off his live arm, and he just continued to, you know, make great throws i still feel at times that he hesitates that he's still unsure where he should go with the football and that's a little bit of a problem that's something he's got to work on if you see something just go with it get rid of the ball because in the nfl you've got that quick release you can fit it into that tight spot if you hesitate for a half a second the defender is going to be there to bat the ball away or intercept it. This is how good the guys are in the NFL, how well they're coached. They're put in position to make those plays because most of the time they know what's going on. And I just felt like with Aaron Rodgers in the house, with the spotlight being on, obviously he played well against the Kansas City Chiefs. They didn't get the win, but I think he got a lot of people excited, and I hope 
He can continue to grow. He can continue to string along games because what makes a starting quarterback is if you can put those performances every week on the football field. If you can do that, you're going to be a starting franchise type of signal caller. If you're going to just kind of go back and forth and lay an egg the next week, then people are going to forget about what you did against the, the Super Bowl champs. So as Jets fans, you know, is this a tease? I mean, Alex brings up a, a, a huge point here, and it's so dead on that you have to do it consistently. You see the pros, you see, and just on the other side of the field, Patrick Mahomes maybe plays one of, you know, I mean, in his to his standards, one of the worst games of his career. He, you know, it seemed like he wasn't seeing the field properly or he was and he was getting a little greedy and trying to be a little too cute with some, you know, trying to drop some throws in. He dropped the one in to Noah Gray for the touchdown. But again, Noah was probably three steps beyond any defender. Then all of a sudden he's trying to drop those whole shots, but he made it work at the end. He made plays with his legs. And, and again, I guess the point that I'm saying is not how great Patrick is, but just when you don't have your fastball, your best stuff, what do you do? How do you overcome that and still perform where this is something that Zach has to kind of master, continue to grow it because he will just stay on that slide and not really do anything different, take sacks. Throw. I mean, again, classic case right at midfield. You know, he just loses concentration for a minute and drops the snap. And the next thing you know, Chiefs have the ball and they don't see it again for the rest of the game. And, you know, it's all history. So hopefully, like you say, Alex, he can kind of learn and grow from this and, and becomes a pro. Now this week, this is the big – they were circling this when uh, Sean Payton was running his mouth about Nathaniel Hackett. This is the week they go to Denver. If he's going to, like, rise up and, and throw any sort of performance out there, if, it ha if he has to have a reason, at very least, he's got his OC and his uh, big bro, Aaron Rodgers, to kind of, okay, this is going to lift me up. This is going to give me, you know, kind of the oomph to get out there and perform, and hopefully that's enough. But uh, that's, that should be interesting to watch for Jets fans, and especially in, in a game like that. Um, this is an NFL show, and I believe we are obligated at this point now because she has become the impetus behind so much stuff in the NFL that Taylor Swift was in the house that night at MetLife Stadium. Uh, and there were some other people in that box, too, Alex. Hugh Jackman was it was was in there with ryan reynolds his wife blake lively who i guess is friends with swifty or taylor swift and um and there were there were some others as well that i really don't know there was another lively sister who i guess did have some uh some shine on her in a couple movies a few years back but uh Anyway, we, we got to we got to mention Taylor Swift because again, uh, she could be the one behind our little bump in uh, you know in listenership. What do you think? Well, I hope he, she brings the Chiefs luck this season. But I think she's going to be a huge distraction. But I know the oh, NFL. Alex. I know the NFL is loving it. There are 27 million viewers of that game, most since the Super Bowl for NBC of any show. 
Well, it seems like there's a huge spike in the women's demographic, okay? A lot more young women are watching it. A lot more women over 35 are watching it with their husbands so or even by themselves. It's just, you know, it's incredible the effect that she's had. But the, I hope it doesn't take away from the Chiefs and their pursuit of another Super Bowl. I hope Travis Kelsey is going to be right on because, you know, this might... This might burn him out. You you never know. He's still the number one receiver for Patrick Mahomes, and just I hope he's going to continue to to put up those monster numbers. Well, my daughter, who is a uh, self proclaimed and probably one of the bigger Swifties out there, uh, has sat and watched both last two Chiefs games with me. Which typically that's more of a playoff or Super Bowl thing. Uh, so there's that. And again, you see some of these things on uh, social media about some like the Swifties learning about football and everything else. And now my daughter, obviously living with me at any time, has probably learned a lot about watching the games and things that are happening and so forth. But during the course of the game, I say, like, geez, you know, Patrick's really off here. You know, something's going on. And again, in true Swifty fashion, she says to me with a straight face, why don't they try that? that ring around the rosy thing. Maybe that'll get him out of his funk. So she has been paying attention. They didn't do the snow globe play that they did against the Raiders, but I just thought that was kind of funny. And it was kind of a swifty thing to say when I was posing a real football question. So anyway, I love my daughter. <laughs> this is the older one. This is, she's 24, but you know, big time Swifty and uh, she's all about it. Um, she's sending me little clips from, from social media. I send a bunch back to her. Of course, she's already seen them, but uh, anyway, it's kind of bonded us a bit. So again, the Taylor effect, the Swift effect, and whatever you want to say, uh, it's, it's a thing. It really is. I mean, it, it, it all kidding aside. I mean, she, this is a lot of, uh, I guess, free publicity, if you would, for the NFL and not like they need it, but they're all in on it. Of course. Uh, I think two, I think it was, they added 2 million female viewers in a certain demographic for the game. Like I said, 27 million overall watched the game the other night. So all good. More people watching the NFL. Love to see it. Okay. So we've got a young team with a first year head coach. Uh, just, and with a quarterback and one of those young players, you know, high draft pick that was being questioned uh, about his intelligence and, and his score on a, a certain cognitive test leading up to the draft. He's catching all sorts of flack about it. And, oh, my gosh. And, you know, well, Bryce Young and this and that. Well, C.J. Stroud has just balled out so far this year, Alex. 151 straight attempts without a pick. Now, again, you can look at that and say, well, okay, they, they, they typically come in bunches. Maybe this is just, you know, at a certain point when – he throws one he'll probably throw like five okay, whatever but he is making plays winning plays has that team together and throw in a defense that's kind of taken on the personality of their head coach D'Amico Ryans and we, maybe we got something here what do you what do you say uh they definitely have something I mean at this point if you look at him he's only 20 21 years old He's fourth in the league in passing yards, 
third in yards per attempt and ninth in passer rating. So, I mean, the, the window is short for teams. And if you can get the most out of your you know, quarterback on a rookie contract, you're off to a very good start. So, and don't forget the division that they play in, Lo. All right, they're playing in the AFC South where the Titans window has closed. The Jaguars are kind of stumbling a bit. I called them to be, you know, the runaway winner of this division. Well, not not so fast. I mean, the Colts still kind of struggling, even though Anthony Richardson is showing some life as well. C.J. Stroud, it's just, you know, he's got that connection with Nico Collins, the, the former Michigan wide receiver. You know, I feel like they're, he's not, you know, throwing picks. He is really ahead of schedule out here. And there's just, there's a lot of confidence in the signal caller. He keeps getting better every week. And nobody expected this. I mean, we see Bryce Young struggling. You know, we see, you know, I already mentioned, Anthony Richardson kind of, you know, having good days and bad days. So in this regard, he's definitely ahead of schedule. Nobody saw this coming. And the Texans look like a competitive team. If you have a quarterback, you're going to be in these games. I'm not saying the Texans are going to get into the playoffs or win the division, but they're, they're certainly a lot more ahead of schedule than most people you know, want to give them credit for. And, and if you want it, I think this is a good time to add C.J. Stroud to your fantasy team if you need a good backup quarterback. I'm not saying he's going to be your starter, but he's been putting up some 20-point, you know, games out there. And I think it would be a good, great idea to, to add him to your team. Well, they've got some weapons. You mentioned Nico Collins, Tank Dell, of course. I mean, from uh, University of Houston. And, I mean, he's made some big plays for them over the course of the first few weeks. Uh, he's still got Damian Pierce running the ball. He seemed to run it a little bit better this week. They kind of committed to it. Uh, now, the Steelers went down there, and it just seemed a little – I, it just seemed a little off, okay, as far as the Steelers are concerned. And they, you know, it, it's hard to say. I mean, they're like up and down the game against the Raiders. Oh, they kind of found something here. You look back to the preseason. Well, they're playing against backup defenses. Kenny Pickett gets hurt. But again, I mean, the game was not in doubt when Kenny, when Kenny Pickett got hurt. I mean, this was a beatdown. And when Mike Tomlin, talking now about the Texans, saying they played harder, they were the more physical team, and he's talking about his Pittsburgh Steelers, this young team doing that. I think that speaks volumes too. Now, it, and they were they play well at all different levels. And again, D'Amico Ryan's, you really have to look at this. Not too many defensive-minded coaches, if you will, have kind of come in and succeeded. So he's kind of got it stacked against them. But you know, in the back end, he brings Jimmy Ward over from San Francisco with him, if you would. And so you got a steadying influence in the backfield. Jalen Petrie, who was a great rookie last year, I mean, I, a phenomenal rookie, but again, plays for the Texans. So you don't hear a lot about him, but this kid is, I mean, he's, if he's not coming, he's already here. I mean, that, that that's a great player. You got Will Anderson on the line, Jonathan Green, Greenard making big plays that the, some of the backers, Christian Harris and Henry Tuatou uh, made great plays this past week. And again, I was kind of watching that game a little bit. It was in the early window at one o'clock. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they, they look like a team that knows who they are. 
they play to that. And there's not, you know, the operation doesn't look all he. I mean, I watched, if anybody watched the Giants last night, you were wondering, how is this a professional football team? But then you look at this team that's like completely young, brand new coach, and they they seem to, again, not maybe, I don't know if they're better than the Giants. They probably are at this point. But as far as the operation is concerned, they look like a team that's going to be in games on a regular basis and not really get blown out in any stretch so uh, from that perspective from the eye test they re- they really do pass that and like you said alex in that division um you don't have a lot of consistency you know i mean tennessee has been up and down they beat the bengals pretty badly this past weekend and is that more tennessee or is that more cincinnati is just in a complete funk is it time to sit burrow down until his calf heels i mean he can't really move he can't really throw the ball like normal like kind of push off his leg you know they beat the rams but it was really i think more the rams kind of i don't want to say giving that game away but really didn't make plays when they when they were there to be made so I, you know, what do you do if you're the Bengals? They can't, they, they can't protect him. He can't protect himself. They're lucky to be one and three. I mean, what do you do? You just paid him all that money. So is that, Oh, we're going to, we just paid him. Of course he's going to play or hell we we've got all this money invested in him. We don't want him to get hurt worse. So I, it's a tough place. I think the Bengals are done and I think they should sit burrow because this is a lot bigger than just one season. I know the expectations were uh, big time this season. You know, the Bengals had Super Bowl aspirations. Many people were picking them to be there. They were kind of the dark horse to win the Super Bowl. I think you have to protect your, you know, big time investment. They gave him all this money. And I think the coaches in the front office should give him the ability to rest up for a couple of weeks because they're going to get him killed. We've seen some quarterbacks get jittery, get happy feet, you know, because their offensive line is just not good. I can go through the names. I mean, the the Texans, I, I'm going to go back to the Texans, ruined, as far as I'm concerned, David Carr's career. All right, because they failed to protect them. And the Bengals have tried to do their part. They, they've tried drafting. They've tried, you know, signing big-time free agents. But it certainly hasn't worked. And Burrow has had injuries since his rookie season, okay? This is a quarterback that has been banged up throughout his career. So just, you know, protect him. Because we're talking about this is a guy that could be in the Hall of Fame in like 10 or 12 years. Do you want his career to be ruined by just playing him, you know, when he's not even close to being 100%? And I think, again, I've seen a lot of good quarterbacks. I've got a lot of promising young quarterbacks who have shown some things get ruined because of injuries, because of poor offensive line play. So I just think here it's time to kind of throw in the towel and just, Rest him for a couple of weeks. Oh, you mentioned Carr. You know, you got to throw Andrew Luck into that mix where it seemed like, you know, they had the franchise quarterback never really, you know, invested well in the offensive line and made poor decisions. RG3 in Washington, uh, I think maybe he was playing injured when he really shouldn't have been and it just got worse. 
and he was never the same after that. So there's a lot, I mean, a lot of telltales through history and they've got Arizona this week in Arizona. So they're thinking it's a winnable game. I don't know. I mean, after watching Arizona play the last few weeks and how hard they play, that may not be as winnable a game as they think it is. And uh, yeah, being, being a Chiefs fan, the pettiness in me will, will, will point directly at Orlando Brown Jr. and say, well, we kind of maybe we didn't tell you so, but we kind of told you so. I mean, this it was just, you know, the Chiefs made a trade for him, so I can't really say much. And then they tried to re-sign him, and he didn't take the contract. Thank God I'm knocking on wood right now if you hear that knock. Um, yeah, so now he's he's all theirs. And Jonah Williams was moved from left to right, and he was all pissed off about that in the offseason. And I don't know if that's really hanging in his mind still. And it's it's just a mess right now, and you hate to see it because, again, I mean, not, not a dark horse. I mean, they were – I mean, they were, again, one step away from getting back to the Super Bowl last year in the AFC Championship game. They they return a bunch of guys. The defense is still pretty good. Lost a couple of guys, but they brought some new guys in. So it just – it's hard. And now Higgins, he cracked a rib, so he's hurt. And you got Jamar Chase telling everybody that he's open every play, just like every other receiver. But just kind of read the room, Jamar, and just relax a little bit, kind of – you know, take one for the team, keep it lit, keep it tight lipped, stay with your guy, Joe Burrow, and, you know, all be good. I don't know about this season, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's, that's a tough thing to watch happening. Lou, um, I just want to bring this up. The teams that across the board we all thought are going to be bad, they're not as bad early on in the season. I don't know what's going to happen after 10 weeks, but the Colts are 2-2. Two and two. We mentioned the Texans already. They're two and two in that yep. division. You know, I also want to bring up Washington at two and two. And, you know, he should have gone for two there at the end of the game, you know, against the Eagles. And then Tampa, they're three and one, and they're leading the NFC South division with Baker Mayfield. The Los Angeles Rams, two and two. They look a lot better than I thought they would, especially with Cooper Cup being out. You already mentioned Arizona without Kyler Murray. Joshua Dobbs is earning himself some money. It might not be in Arizona, but he's certainly giving himself, you know, some. He's going to make a paycheck in the offseason. I'm almost certain of it. Arizona is one and three, but they've played a lot better. You know, they've kept it a lot closer. So the teams that we assumed were going to be bad, they're not as bad. They're actually playing pretty well. Yeah, and some of the teams we thought were going to be really good, not so much. Uh, the Giants, you know, I'm talking about myself now, the Giants, the Bengals. I mean, these are teams that I thought were going to be good. I mean, the Saints have just been meh. I thought they'd be really good in that division, so... It just goes to show you that you these are all professionals. Uh, every every team has really good players. It's a matter of kind of putting it together. I guess everybody being on the same page. And like I said, you know, if the operation, if you can watch games, and if the operation looks like everybody's together, they're gonna have they're gonna have more than a better chance to win more games than they lose. So uh, just got to be careful sometimes where sometimes, and I'm talking again about myself here, you make these snap judgments 
and you kind of have to let it play out sometimes. But hey, we're in the business of making predictions. You got to pick somebody. So there you go. Speaking What's going on with teams, the Giants, Lou? I mean, what the hell is I going have on? No idea. That was that was. Well, they can't protect Daniel Jones. That's that's number one. Uh, the defense. It's it, it's hard to say because you know they've been outscored sixty four to three in their two home games. So if you're a fan and you know you, you take your family to the game, I and mean, basically it's an investment all the time. You know, driving there, stay, you know, whatever the, the all the concessions and the tickets and everything else, and I don't know, maybe ten plays into the game you know this isn't going well and it's not gonna go well you've got uh able walking on the sideline over to daniel jones and this may be the most telling thing after the pick six that he threw he goes over with his uh, uh microsoft surface and basically was showing him where i i think this is what he was showing him because you kind of saw it on the replay where darren waller was coming across the back of the end zone breaking wide open and he just kind of like pointed to it and then he just kind of like tossed it at him daniel jones didn't move no facial expression nothing so i think that that little exchange might tell you a little bit more than meets the eye almost like you know i don't know what the hell to do with this kid i'm trying to get a rise out of him and no emotion nothing so in some cases that kind of even keel makes him the right guy for the giants but it also makes him the wrong guy because it just doesn't look like it i'm sure it does bother him but in that moment, it just seemed like Dable was trying to kind of get a charge out of him, and there was nothing flatline. Well, they um, had another quarterback in New York, Eli Manning. I mean, he yeah. was stoic. It worked. They won two that, Super Bowls. From that perspective, but it wasn't like he – I mean, obviously, I mean, Eli comes from – I mean, he comes from the family he came up with, you know, his brother playing in the league ahead of him, his father. I, I think he just had a whole – different dna yes they are similar in some cases he and daniel jones in terms of being stoic but i think eli had a little bit more fire didn't show it but i i don't you know, it's hard to describe but he also had better offensive lines and he also had you know better players around him now they did add waller you thought that was going to make a big difference you know no saquon that hurts they're missing their left tackle. They're missing other offensive linemen. So it's just a, a lot of stuff going on. I don't know if any of those pieces would have made them play better last night, but it was just awful to watch if you're a Giants fan because, I mean, Seattle played well. They got 11 sacks. OK, <laughs> a lot of those were on the line. I don't think it was Daniel Jones holding the ball too much. And then you just start seeing things. And again, let's give Seattle credit because. One of those guys, the the fifth round, the, I actually the, the fifth overall pick Witherspoon from Illinois, it was like a coming out party. I think they had it because of injuries. They moved him from the outside corner into the slot and he was a game wrecker. I mean, it was the game that like, uh, uh, 
Jamal Adams came back and like four plays in, I mean, it was almost like Rogers, like four plays in, he gets kneed in the head, concussed, he's out. He hadn't played in a game in over a year and it, it, all excitement. Okay. Legion of boom, they're coming back, you know, whatever. But this kid, the 97 yard pick six, he had a couple of sacks. He's making tackles in the run game. It's like these kids from Illinois, the DBs, they, I mean, they're all over the league now. Something with, with Bielma, he's, he's got it going on over there. I certainly does, but I want to go back to the Giants, Lo. I, they're built on running. Do we have to? They're so bad. <laughs> it's just so hard. But here's the thing. For anybody who believes that Daniel Jones will ever be the centerpiece of that offense, they're sadly mistaken. To me, Daniel Jones is Alex Smith. I've said this before. He's a yeah. game manager, you know, a guy that, that takes the check downs, that looks for the, the five-yard pass. This game, this team is built on the running game. Not having Saquon Barkley is a big thing, all right? When yeah. We've seen this before. He had a breakout season last year. I mean, he ran wild, was catching passes. Dable made him the centerpiece of that offense, and that's the reason why the Giants succeeded. And Daniel Jones not making mistakes, okay? Not causing those fumbles, not coughing it over, you know, not throwing those picks. Something that we're seeing here. Now with Barkley out, they expect Daniel Jones to step up. But he can't because of who he is. And not mentally, physically. I mean, he's just, he's not a top 10 pick. Okay? Gettleman reached. All right? He saw something in Daniel Jones. But I mean, you don't draft a game manager in the top 10. Certainly didn't think he was a game manager, right? The Thought he was a franchise type of quarterback. Dable knows who he has, but he has no choice right now because there's yet no they safe one in the they back. Double, yeah, but yet they doubled down and paid him a they lot They had money. to pay somebody. They didn't they did. pay Saquon Barkley, so they had to lock up Daniel <laughs> Jones. I mean, they had to do it, especially after that Dable season. Dable just last night looked like a guy who's just stuck. He's like, when, he, when he threw that surface down, it was like, what the hell are we doing here? What am I going to do with this kid? And, and it's not like, okay, we'll just go to Tyrod Taylor. It's like, we paid him all this money. We can't, I mean, it's like, do you, you can't pull him. It, it's just, I feel bad for but the, for the, the Giants coach. defense was atrocious, Lou. I mean, the tackling, yeah. Oh, yeah. taking bad angles by well, the linebackers. It tends to permeate the team when these things start unraveling, right? Where the offense isn't doing anything. Now it just kind of spills over into the rest of the team. And then they lose concentration because they're like, well, it does, does it really matter if we stop them? Our offense isn't going to do crap. But they couldn't we're gonna tackle be, we're gonna anybody. Be, we're going to be right back out here. Let's yeah. get those dummies out there. Let, let's do some tackling <laughs> drills. I mean, what the hell is going on? I mean, let's do something because it's just it's simple. You need to be able to wrap up. And they just, they miss tackle after tackle. Kenneth Walker looked like Barry Sanders. Charbonnet, I mean, looked like a Hall of Famer out there. You just, I could, I could have run through those holes, Lou. I could have made those cuts, you know. I would have put up 200 yards against that, you know, Giants defense. The linebackers were not filling their gaps. Bad angles and tackling was just, I mean, that was wild. I mean, that wasn't an NFL game. That looked like a high school defense that didn't want to tackle those big running backs that the Seattle Seahawks have.
Yep. Tough, a tough watch. All right. So at the top of the show, I mentioned, you know, Christian McCaffrey looking like MVP of the league, had another huge game, four touchdowns, I don't know, at least 150 yards from scrimmage, maybe 200. I don't know. It just looked like just, I mean, you talk about a trade that was made and it was just like the perfect marriage of player, offense, coach, locker room he is just i again i can't say enough so i I guess it would be overkill for me to say he's my mvp of the week uh there was a bunch of other candidates some strong candidates you know stefan diggs had three touchdowns receiving and huge play against the dolphins uh the king came back Back, Derrick Henry trucking guys down the field. He throws a touchdown pass, like a, almost like a jump pass back across his body. You talk about the Bengals. Henry Henry toyed with them. You mentioned Nico Collins earlier. He had like 170 yards, couple touchdowns. Harrison Smith for Minnesota, 14 total tackles, two for loss, three sacks, couple of forced fumbles. And the one, they end up uh, scooping score, and that was probably the difference in the game right there. Uh, so a lot, a lot of different candidates. I mentioned Devon Witherspoon from last night again. The pick six, two sacks, you know, just all over the field. But I have to go with one of the original, that's my guys, back from the University of Buffalo. He showed up and showed out in Columbus, and I said, this guy is as good as anybody on the other side of the field and against his old team you know where i'm going here alex i've given dropping enough uh, breadcrumbs khalil mack six sacks two forced fumbles they still almost lost but again that's the chargers and the raiders i mean it's always going to be kind of chaos but khalil mack six sacks i gotta give it to him uh yeah just uh, unbelievable for performance for him, and uh, Chargers got to win. And Mac has been struggling to get to the quarterback before Sunday. I mean, he entered that game with zero sacks. He's been effective as like a run defender, but he hasn't been getting home. So you, you're always a lot more motivated to play against your former team, a team that didn't want to pay you, a team that traded you to you know uh, to another franchise and. You know, a team that got two first-round picks for you. So, uh, obviously, Khalil Mack was motivated. I'm going to be unoriginal. I am going to go with Christian McCaffrey here, okay? <laughs> it, it was against Arizona. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, I give get it to it. him, too, yeah. But, you know, 106 yards on the ground, three touchdowns, seven receptions over 70 yards, and a touchdown as a receiver. Again, I know it's against Arizona, but this team looks different with him in the offense. I mean, the 49ers, they they got like a breath of fresh air when they traded for Christian McCaffrey. And so they the got an per- extra weapon. The it, perfect player for that offense. Perfect. It just it was. I mean, all they had was Debo Samuel and they tried to overfeed him and feature him and put him in the backfield. But now they have two players that they can get creative with. And I just think, yeah, like you said, it's just a great player for Mike Shanahan, uh, for Kyle Shanahan's offense. 
I apologize that for Kyle Shanahan's well, could be, offense. Well, it's kind of Mike Shanahan's offense. <laughs> Just Kyle's kind it of is. made it is. his tweet, made a few of his tweaks, and he's got dynamic players all over. Like you mentioned, but you got two. Again, we'll go back to the offensive. <clears throat> excuse me, offensive weapon uh, title. And you can put them wherever you want. And sometimes they'll, when they throw McCaffrey split out, they'll put Debo in the backfield. And it's just, uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, it's just a perfect marriage right there. As long as he stays healthy, that's just, you know, must watch TV. And we get the Cowboys this week. So that's, that's going to be, you know, an interesting game. Cowboys versus 49ers. I can't wait. Just like the good old days, you know, in the 1990s, Deion Sanders against Michael Irvin, you know, Troy Aikman against Joe Montana or Steve Young. It was just, it, it was a pleasure to see, and I, I'm looking forward to it. Both both teams are clicking right now, and, you know, the Cowboys had a great day on defense, and uh, I think it's just going to be a great matchup. Kyle Shanahan's offense against the Cowboys' defense. It's, it's going to be a thrill to watch. I made a major omission when I was going down my list of candidates, and I can't believe it because we love this guy. Puka Nakua. Again, I don't care. I'll, I'll talk about him every show because he just keeps putting up numbers. A fifth-round wide receiver from BYU. Uh, I, I don't know how to describe it anymore. He did finally get his first touchdown, and it was the game winner in overtime against the Colts where it looked like the Rams were cruising. Colts come back, tie it up, but then in overtime, Puka finally gets his first touchdown. But he's got like 39 receptions in his first four games, and he's like five ahead of the next one historically. I think maybe Anquan Bolden is – or maybe it was nine ahead. Maybe he had 30. I don't know what the numbers are. But you think, okay, fifth-round receiver, whatever. Oh, okay. Well, you know, he's playing opposite of Cooper Cup. He's getting, you know, a lot of coverage. But Cooper Cup hasn't played a down in the NFL this year okay this kid is the target the target for the Rams because you know you've got van jefferson and you know we've been waiting for him to come along for the last three or four years and it, whatever two two out what you know is he getting a lot no higby occasionally the tight end oh, okay kieran williams has been again a revelation of running back they were able to get rid of cam Akers, but puka nakua is just I mean, for a rookie, a fifth-round rookie to be doing that, how did everybody miss on him? So, I mean, is this – I mean, this might be bigger than than Purdy to, on the, with the last pick to San Francisco. Now that I'm being hyperbolic, of course. I mean, obviously, the Purdy thing is just off the chart. But Puka Nakua, th this is the real deal, man. And, and he finally got his first touchdown. It was a walk-off. But he also had nine receptions for 163 yards okay five for 72 against the Bengals and everybody was pissed off but of course he comes right back with another huge game so I, I had to get that in there Puka Nakua don't forget that name I keep saying this when Cooper Cup comes back everybody is going to forget about this rookie wide receiver it's just he's going to take his targets he's going to make those catches 
and you know the BYU product is going to be somewhere in the back. And, <laughs> so you know, this, this is it. This is his fifteen minutes, right? <laughs> when Cup comes back, it's like, huh? What? Well, who was that guy? But I, I don't know. I think it's a thing. They really don't have any other any any other receivers that have stood up that they've drafted over the years. So I don't. And, you know, he's not going to be, I guess, productive to this degree. But again, who knows? You know, if if Cup is going to be fully healthy. Uh, are they, are defenses going to really emphasize Cooper Cup and now Puka can continue to eat because he's facing, you know, single coverage? I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I'm here for it. Kid kid just seems like very genuine. Uh, yeah, I, I got to love him. Got to love him. All right, so let's go to the pick. Uh, yeah, we're kind of hovering around the Mendoza line here. Two and two again last week, eight and eight on the season. So look to break out a little bit this week. Uh, we had the Bills minus three, the, the Bears with the, the hook. God, what a ridiculous game that was. How in the heck did they lose that one? You talk about the Giants. How about the Bears? This is just, oh, God. Luckily, when we made our picks, we got the hook. So they ended up losing by three. Three, um, fourth down. I mean, did you see that, Alex? I mean, fourth down. They're in field goal range, and instead, okay, you're going to go for it. Let's go for it. But let's keep it in your best player's hands. Why shotgun? Almost like a zone. It wasn't even a zone read. It was just a straight handoff, and they get stopped. I mean, I, I, that pissed me off. I mean, it, forget about the pick. Forget about the whatever. That kind of pissed me. I mean, because. To that point, Fields had played a pretty good game. A very good point. game, Lou. On point. He did still make the play at the that kind of got Denver going with the, the, the scoop and score. He, but you know, that was his up. best game. I mean, that was oh, yeah. Justin I mean, Fields over what we saw last he, year, Lou. His passer rating might have been perfect through like two and a half quarters. Because he, I don't think he, he had maybe like two incompletions, a bunch of yards, touchdowns. I mean, he was just flying. And then it just seems like when it starts going, you know, against him even a little, he tends to, I, I think, lose a little confidence. But, but just, I, I just didn't appreciate that, you know. It, kick the field goal or keep it in number one's hands and, and get the first down. You know, you want to you want to end the game with the ball in your hands. I understand the the rationale. We don't want to give it back to Russell Wilson. They've been carving up the defense the last you know few drives. I get it, but you know we're not going to make a deep handoff and then you know run into the center's butt instead of keeping it in number one's hands and let him make a play. I, that's that was my my quarrel there. So the two losers. Uh, New Orleans never had a chance. I don't know what the day uh, car ends up playing, but Baker Mayfield, you know, kind of came back after that, you know, poor performance the week before. And here they are. And then the Browns. Well, Hey, you make the pick at the beginning of the week. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, do you still make the pick with it without Deshaun Watson? Probably not, but there's going to be situations that it works the other way. So we got to own that minus three 
DTR, welcome to the NFL. It wasn't the preseason where he was like the the darling, uh, and they just had no chance, no answers for the Ravens. They lost 28-3. Okay, this week, let's go. We'll go overseas. We'll go to London. Jacksonville stayed in London because they're playing two games in a row there. One supposedly was a home game. One's a road game, whatever. So they're, they played well. Again, it was against Atlanta, and – you have a team that is a running team, but they've spent an amazing amount of draft capital on receivers, offensive weapons. Now, granted, you know, Bijan Robinson, I think, is a home run, great pick. But the previous two years, you're in the top 10 or top 12, whatever. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, they're ghosts. I mean, I don't have the numbers in terms of targets and whatever, but you just don't see, you know, occasionally you'll get a Drake London touchdown. You really haven't seen, I don't know how many touchdowns Kyle Pitts has in his NFL career, one or two. I mean, it's just ridiculous. They don't really use them. So I I don't get it. It's great to have those players, but if you're not going to use them and your whole philosophy offensively is more running the ball, what are we doing? I mean that that that's kind of a I don't I I don't know but the pick is going to be Jacksonville plus five and a half I'm saying they're in country for the last week and at a few days Buffalo's just going to be coming over there they're coming off this huge emotional win over the Dolphins I don't know, I can say they're going to be flat but with the Jag, Jaguars getting five and a half give me the points I'll take Jacksonville. We talked about Arizona, Cincinnati. I don't know what's going on with the Bengals, what you know, what they're gonna do with the quarterback situation. Zach says the head coach is saying that Burrow's gonna continue to play. They're gonna continue to run him out there. That offensive line is gonna continue to give up sack. I'm taking Arizona at home with the points. I, I don't know. I I might be crazy here. The, the Cardinals aren't a great team, but they play hard. They're they they can they've got some playmakers. So again, if they can get the ball in those guys' hands, I think they got a good chance. I rarely do this. I rarely bet against a home underdog, but I'm doing it this week. I'm gonna take the Eagles minus four at the Rams. Again, Puka's a great story. Stafford is a warrior. He's gonna play hurt, he's gonna do whatever it takes to, but I still say is bet as the alarms are going off in Philadelphia about these close games and how it's not, doesn't look like it did last year. They're still a much better team than the Rams minus four. Give the four. I'm going to take Philadelphia. Alex mentioned San Francisco, Dallas. Now this looks a little too easy for me. Um, I would never take Dallas because of that. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the cheese here. San Francisco is only given three and a half half and i think they're a much better team they're playing at home dallas beat up on a hapless new england team this i mean i it, that was more again new england looking inept i don't know who looked worse on this weekend the giants or new england we kind of glossed over that but the patriots looked equally as bad maybe worse so those are my four jacksonville plus five and a half arizona plus three Philly minus four, San Francisco minus three and a half. Alex, do you have a lock for us? Well, I hope so. I, I hope the 49ers do win, Lou. I'll uh, 
you know, I'm not superstitious, so I think, you know, they'll be all right, but we'll find out how good they really are. Because it's one thing to beat up on the Arizona Cardinals. It's another thing to try to take on that, that Dallas Cowboys defense. So that's going to be an interesting game. We'll see how Brock Purdy is going to be able to solve them. Um, I'm going to stay on the Patriots, Lou. That was, I agree with you. The Patriots looked atrocious. But I can't imagine Bill Belichick and Mac Jones uh, going for the second straight week and playing just as inept and atrocious for, you know, against the Saints. Uh, the Saints are kind of a mess. You don't know if Carr is going to play or if they're going to go with Winston, but it doesn't matter who their quarterback is going to be. I think the Patriots bounce back at home. They're minus one and a half. I think they'll cover. And I think Mac Jones is going to come back with the vengeance. I'm not saying Jones is a great quarterback, but he looked horrible against the Cowboys defense. And I just think they have a plan. They're going to beat the Saints this week. This is a bounce back to me. It's kind of an easy pick because I can't imagine... Bill Belichick's coach team laying an egg for the second straight week. That was bad. I watched that game against the Cowboys, and it was just, I felt like, you know, I'm watching a, a college football team against an NFL team. I just can't imagine, like, Bill Belichick not having a good enough plan in place to, to beat the Saints this week and, and put his doubters, you know, to rest. I'm picking New England this week to cover at home. Well, biggest margin of a loss in his career, talking about Bill Belichick, have they hit rock bottom? I mean, is this – because, again, I mean, it's almost sacrilegious, again, to talk about, well, you know, is this, is this it for Belichick? Is he just going to walk away? I don't think Kraft would ever fire him. They might have some candid conversations, and uh, he can highly suggest that maybe Bill moves on. Uh, behind closed doors, but uh, it just seems like they, it was just, again, it was a, a, just a god awful thing. I mean, they, they give up, uh, you know, a couple of defensive touchdowns. They were, they were really never, again, it, it didn't look functional. It just looked like a lot of confusion, a lot of just missed plays and I, Again, hard to watch, and that and that's what the the crazy thing is about this league. And obviously, Alex, you're going into it saying they're not that they're not going to be as bad as they were. And this team, and I'm saying that Buffalo's not as good as they look this week because now all of a sudden Miami you know, rolls seventy on on uh, on uh, Denver, and they, they come back this week. They go to Buffalo, and they just got waxed. So now I'm looking at them. That was one of the, the picks I was looking at, too, is where now Miami is favored by 11 over the Giants. It's in Miami. There is no way in hell you could talk me into putting any money on the Giants, okay? They're, but they're getting 11 points. You, know, you got to, but Miami's just going to crush them. But again, this is the NFL, and you just never know what you know how it goes. And just over time, with those big numbers, it's 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 tough to do. But uh, yeah, I yeah. If New England has anything left in that championship DNA, you would think they would somehow kind of suck it up here and 
you know, can put together a better performance that for their fans, for the, for themselves. Jeez. I mean, that was just embarrassing. So what do you got going out here, Alex? Anything, any other pearls of wisdom before we leave? Uh, looking forward to that big matchup between the 49ers and the Cowboys, the way everyone was looking at the Dolphins against the Bills. I mean, obviously, Josh Allen and the Bills have kind of put those critics to bed uh, after the first week when they struggled. Uh, Josh Allen has looked like an MVP type of player the last three weeks of the season, and he's a major reason why they beat up on the Miami Dolphins after they were riding high. So uh, this is a big game this week. It's a huge test against the 49ers. It's also a huge test for Dak. Can he win the big game against a big-time opponent? It's not only the defense that should be, you know, carrying the day. He's got to have the upper hand against Brock Purdy and that 49ers defense. So that's that's the matchup I think everyone is looking at. All right, great. Well, thanks again to all of our listeners, not just the additional ones that uh, that we were able to, to acquire over the last couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, please subscribe if you like what you're hearing. This way you won't miss any other episodes. That was week four. So we'll be back next week. For Alex, I'm Lou, as always. Ooh.